Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are modern homemakers. I don't know how modern we really are, but we are trying so hard to be not only caught up with what's going on in this world, but caught up as citizens of heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says the following things. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. I know. Uh, I read that verse and I thought, Oh, Lord, I love the part that says live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. But you have to get to put things in order and listen to my appeal and agree with one another. And I've just been talking in our last time together about how hard it is to live in peace with those folks who you live with, those folks you chose to marry and raise and deliver and all of that. I love God's um, way of calling us to more. And in this series of building your home on holy ground and finding what holy ground looks like, I want to talk to you about peace on purpose, peace on purpose. I mentioned to you several times ago, um, my dear friend whose mom and dad lived in a two-car garage their entire married life, and she remained in that until she died. And at the funeral, there was much talking about who this woman was, what she had done, and how she had created it. And I, it's been 20 plus years ago, at least, since I attended that funeral. And I, I, I just kept thinking about, it doesn't matter how big your house is. It doesn't matter what you own. It doesn't matter how much space you have to decorate for each season. You know, we talk so much about what makes a peaceful home. What does make a peaceful home? What is it that would allow us to say, live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you? Or is it the God of love and peace is with you and you can live in peace? So what does peace look like? And what does peace look like on purpose? So my main source of stress is often, a woman told me, um, that her home is just another source of stress. Now think about that. Is your home just another source of stress? It, it can be, certainly. And being at home just means more pressure, more irritations, more work to be done. The kids are squabbling and talking back. Your husband and he's there a lot now. He's not going off or you're not going off. And the house seems to be a wreck because there's a lot more stuff going on. And they need to be doing something. You know, I often think, couldn't they just vanish for a few hours? You know, there was a TV show many years ago called Bewitched. And she used to wiggle her nose, and when she wiggled her nose, people just disappeared. I kind of like that. Go away and leave me alone. And I have a young friend whose little boy, when he was three years old, he said, go away and weave me my wound. And go away and weave me my wound. That's how I feel sometimes. Go away and weave me my wound. Don't be hungry. Don't need anything from me. Don't figure out how you're going to get that project finished when you can't let someone in the house. I seem to be picking up things constantly, a young mother said to me, and I can't go anywhere in my home without seeing some things that are undone. Do you feel that way? 
She said, I love my family, but sometimes I just want to run away from home. And I think during this time, we especially feel that way. Anything for a little peace and quiet. Now, I can remember hearing men and women in my life saying, I want a little peace and quiet. Have anybody ever heard that? Your father, your mother, a grandparent, your husband. Have you ever said it yourself? You've said it to your children. As if by virtue of your wanting peace and quiet, something could happen. For many of us, many of us, home is the place we hurry to and leave in the morning and then rush to take care of when we get home. I can just remember not more than 15 or 18 years ago when the statistics of people who lived actually number of hours per day in their home, it was as little as nine hours a day. And especially in densely populated large cities where they worked in a city that it took them an hour to get to, they had to get up early enough to get one hour in, do their work, come back one hour, and by the time they got home and had dinner, it was 7.30 at night, 8 o'clock at night, and then they were going to bed to get up and do the same thing again. And the statistics were shocking to me, and they were also shocking to me that the number of rooms and the amount of square footage that we lived in kept growing bigger. So we have bigger homes, we spend less time in, and we've got a lot more to take care of. So I want to talk to you a little bit, just a little bit about peace on purpose. In the midst of this, we don't just say, I want peace. Yes, we long for peace, and that is an important part of this process. And I'm here to tell you that you can grow into the kind of peace in your home or your apartment or your ranch-style house or your Winnebago or your campsite. It isn't, how, it isn't something you pick up along the way. It's something that is within you. And it won't happen by accident. I talked with you the last time we were together about how we develop inch by inch in the ways of God. So I want you to consider that getting peace on purpose is something that happens to us inch by inch. If you consult a decorating magazine, the choices you'll read uh, mostly will have something to do with paint and candles and flowers, and you'll read words like atmosphere and ambiance. And depending on what is popular at the moment, you'll be instructed to invest in cozy clutter or clean simplicity or calming earth tones, you know, that went out 20 years ago and are back again. Now, I've been around long enough to see that these things change. And I absolutely believe that the way you decorate and arrange your home can help you make it a haven of peace. I believe that. I have written on organization. I have taught on organization. If you are, are new to us, you will find on our website some of our video teachings and offerings all free to you during this pandemic time. And one of them is on the secrets to getting more done in less time, which is on organization. And I promise you that an organized house has more opportunity for peace than one that is chaotic. One of my favorite things to do my favorite things to do is redecorate and redesign and make our home different. Different. I married a man whose mother was the same way. And I can remember his being astounded 
that I like to do these things. And I thought, isn't that interesting? He said, well, my mother used to do that. And then I talked to his mother about it. And his mother told me the darling, cutest story ever. Of course, her husband went to work every day. And she was a bit of a girl, five foot two inches tall. And she developed a very close relationship with the postman and the milkman. And she would often knock on their car door or leave the door open and say, could you come in and help me move a little piece? Well, I learned early on that you don't have to get someone to help you. You just have to buy those magic cushiony things you put on the bottom of any piece of furniture. I don't care how heavy it is. And you can push it along. So recognizing that I liked to redecorate helped me to separate the difference between a surface dressing an interior dressing, a surface dressing. You want your home to look like it's a haven, not hectic. You want it to look peaceful. You don't want to have to dig deeper and throw away the trash on the clutter off the kitchen table before you can have another meal. So where do you start? Remember as we began this series, I offered to you a line drawing a stick figure of a home and suggested to you that you might talk to your husband about what are the things you'd like to have in your home? How do you envision a peaceful home? What does it look like? When I talk about peace and quiet, I'm not talking about the absence of activity or sound, but I'm talking about a spiritual presence an atmosphere that communicates in the words of the medieval mystic Julian of Norwich that all will be well and all shall be well and all manner of things will be well. Now, Mama, wife, keeper of the home, worker in the field, whatever you are doing, you know very well that you are the one who sets the tone. Years ago, I used this as an illustration, and it just stuck in the world of people that I was privileged to talk to, and I continue to use it. Are you a thermometer or a thermostat? We all have them. We have a thermostat somewhere in our house, some way, whether it's an old coal furnace in the basement, or it's a modern, new, in wall-to-wall, or it's whatever it is. We go to that place and we turn it to hotter or colder. Depends upon the season. Depends upon who you are. I like it much cooler than my husband does. He'll say to me sometimes, I guess I'll have to put a sweater on. I just smile at him like, yeah, I guess you will. That's my body temperature. And I, I, in my case, I have a, an issue with the heat. And I, he's seen me pass out and taken me to the hospital enough that he's willing to put a sweater on. I'm not talking about what hot or cold it is. I'm talking about the temperature of the spirit in the house. I can hear my husband say to me, like through the years, Oh, honey, I look to you as the thermostat. And I can remember both pro and con times when I was frantic and kinetic and out of order and said yes to too many things, too many things and thought I was the wonder woman. And remember, God has given me an enormous capacity. I don't, I didn't ask for it. I believe me, I didn't, I do nothing for the capacity of things that I can accomplish in strength and energy, nothing. That's how God made me. But it can be my dangerous zone because then I say, yes, oh yes, oh yes, I can do it. And then I'm standing at the kitchen counter um, commandeering anyone to come by and help me and being ticked 
because they all don't want to help me finish something I said yes to, and they had other plans for their lives. Does that sound familiar to you? I hope it sounds familiar enough for you to consider that I'm not talking about the absence of activity or sound in your home to create peacefulness. I'm talking about spiritual presence, an atmosphere that communicates that all will be well, all shall be well, and all manner of things will be well. In this particular day and age and time in our world, the chronological peaceful home is still a true refuge, not only for yourself, but for your family and for those of you who are privileged to have others to come. Coming into an orderly place, coming into a peaceful place, coming into a place that's not madness and frantic and noise and out of control makes a difference. So. A few practical things, just a few practical things. Mm, I think I'll give you the few practical things at the end of our time together, at the end of our time. So what is the difference between the thermostat and the thermometer? Well, the thermometer just registers what's going on. Your kids had a bad day at school, your husband had a bad day at the office, put the thermometer into it and everybody's chaotic. But not if you were choosing to bring that peaceful, ambience and setting the thermostat that says calm and peace and what can I do for you. I can, I can remember many times in my husband's career that he would come in and I could see it on his face. I didn't even know I did this. But when I was in my most peaceful way, I would take my hand and touch his face. And he said to me many times afterwards, Oh, just the calming touch of your hand on my face and coming home to know that things were settled here made such a difference. I, I did these things partly because I was trying to set a peaceful on ambience. I was trying to be peaceful in myself. But it was also because I had great teachers who said to me the things I'm saying to you. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, well, I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not talking about getting what you want. I'm talking about being the mood setter. I'm talking about being the thermostat and cultivating a peaceful heart with God. Inch by inch, growing, spending regular time with the Prince of Peace. You study God's word. You read it devotedly, devotionally. You become better acquainted with him. You look for quiet places. You look for quiet time. You're not having a quiet time because you made a commitment to have a quiet time every day of your life. You were looking for quiet time because you know the source of peace is there to help you be peaceful. I remember an old woman who told me about her early morning prayer time. And she said uh, that when she was growing up, no one was hungry or thirsty until mama had finished praying. No one was hungry or thirsty till mama had finished praying. That mama had set the tone in her house that this was her highest calling and priority. Susanna Wesley, who we've often talked around about around here, and that is that she used to wear an apron. She had 25 births and 18 children. Her husband was an itinerant preacher. They had no money. They had no big, spacious place to live. 
She didn't have a prayer closet or a place to run and hide to. She didn't have a place of quiet from 18 children. But she wore an apron. And when she put the apron up over her face and over her head, everyone knew that Mama was praying. So I'm offering you today in this pandemic a, a thoughtful process. Are you a peaceful person? Are you seeking the Prince of Peace? Are you able to offer yourself fully into your home, into your environment, into your atmosphere as a peaceful person? Are you able to bring a peaceful ambience to your family? Well, let me just offer a few quick things that will help you in the practical things at home. Keep it clean. It's hard to keep it clean when everyone's there all around. But keep it clean enough that it's not sticky or unsanitary or full of germs. Keep it clear. Uh, you may say, oh, the color doesn't bother me. It does. bothers all of us. Keep it clear. Uh, this visual stress can affect all of you. And piling extra stuff is not a good way to keep a home peaceful. Keep it cozy. So yeah, clean and uncluttered. It doesn't mean it has to be sterile or so simple that, you know, you can see, uh, what was the old line? Uh, I could eat dinner from your kitchen floor. It's so clean. <laughs> you don't have to eat dinner on the kitchen floor. It doesn't have to be that clean. But clean and uncluttered. But make it cozy. Make it cozy. Um, pillows and throws and soft lighting. These are simple things that you can do to create a physical atmosphere your sense of peace. Music is a wonderful place to bring the tone down or jazz the tone up. Um, it's been said that it soothes the savage beast music. And use an aroma, use a fragrance, use a spray, use a candle, use something to take away the <coughs> rugrats smell and uh, B.O. from the budding teenagers. Being cheerful is a good way to extend your peaceful countenance, creating an atmosphere of cheer and trust, a rhythm of rest, and a peaceful ambience for those you love the most. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. So remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of seeking the Prince of Peace. <laughs>